Turn with me in your Bibles, if you would, to Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians chapter 1. Uh, I wanted to start this last week, but uh, I also understood that not everybody is uh, here at the uh, first of the year with the holidays and, and all of that, and I felt that this is a pretty important message, and then I got up to preach last week, and the Lord put something else on my heart anyhow, so it worked out just perfect. Uh, Ephesians chapter 1. We're going to read verse 16 through 23. Ephesians chapter 1, uh, verse 16 through 23. In just a minute, we'll read that. You know, Paul prayed in Ephesians chapter 1 and Ephesians chapter 3 uh, some amazing prayers, probably some of the most amazing prayers that you would ever hear or uh, get acquainted with. And, you know, God is so good, uh, as we were saying in our, our time of giving, that he... He cares about you. He cares about you financially. He cares about you physically. And he, of course, cares about you spiritually, uh, your spiritual health. And um, there's a lot of things that you can ask for, that you could pray about, that you could seek God about. Uh, you can seek God about, you know, like I said, we have four small children, about how to raise a child <laughs> in a godly way, <laughs> in a patient way, <laughs> and um, in a fun way. Uh, you can ask the Lord for things that you need. Maybe you need a new vehicle or a new car. Uh, you can ask the Lord for a favor at your job, uh, promotion at, at your place of work. You can ask the Lord for help in your relationships with uh, your husband, your wife, your friends, your parents, and your children. Uh, you can ask the Lord for um, any number of things. But... Uh, and those are very biblical things to ask the Lord about. But in Ephesians, we find a different kind of prayer. And really, this kind of prayer, uh, if you summed it up, it's a prayer for a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of God. So this kind of prayer actually can affect every part of your life. Uh, when I think about this prayer, these prayers, I think many times about Solomon. And how he asked the Lord, he could have asked for riches, could have asked for honor, could have asked for glory, but he said, well, look at this big assignment that I have. I need your wisdom, God. And the Lord said, because you didn't ask for riches and glory and honor, but you asked for wisdom, I'm not only going to give you wisdom, but I'm going to give you riches and honor and glory because he asked for wisdom. So... Um, we're natural, and we live in a natural world, and we interact with natural things, you know, the five senses. And what you see, what you feel, what you hear, uh, we have a tendency, what's right in front of us at the moment, that's what we're focused on. But when we have a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of God, we actually have a source on the inside of us that will open up and split open all of the wisdom of God and the knowledge of God and the revelation of God. And when you get a revelation from God, man, things start to change. Uh, you know, even just continuing a little bit on the giving, when I started, I mean, I have not arrived. I have, feel like I've barely begun. But when I started to see some different things concerning giving than what I had understood through probably 21 years of my life till I was 21, uh, I really thought, well, this is, this is too good to be true. But then you start to look at the Word of God and not, not um, 
allow yourself to be tainted with the traditions that maybe have been brought through your family or churches you've been to or different things like that, but you judge things by the Word of God, you say, well, wait a minute. Uh, the Bible really does say that not only have we been redeemed from sin and become new creatures in Christ Jesus, but part of that salvation package is also healing for your body. And part of that salvation package is blessing on your finances, not curses on your finances. And it's funny. Uh, it's not really funny, but you, but you kind of got to laugh. You, people will say, like, God works in mysterious ways, his wonders to perform. You never can figure out what God's going to do, what's he going to do, how's this going to happen. And, uh, you know, we quote the verse, his ways are higher than ours, his thoughts are higher than ours. But then sometimes the very same time we quote that or other people have quoted that, it, it becomes like, well, God just wants to save your soul, your spirit man. But he, you know, he doesn't, why would you say God wants to heal you? That's like, you know, that's not true. God doesn't want to bless you financially. God doesn't want to heal you. And yet we're saying like, he's mysterious and his ways are higher and we can't understand all of them. But uh, if you say anything about God being good to people in this life, uh, sometimes people attack you and say, why would you say that? You can't say that. And it's, um, the reason I say it's funny, but it's not, is really uh, the devil, the Bible says that the devil has blinded people's minds because if they saw the light of the glorious gospel, people would come to him, to Christ, not to the devil, to Christ. And so um, the devil has blinded people and tries to blind people and tries to like pull a fast one. And, uh, you know, we learn from the word of God that the devil uh, doesn't walk around with like horns and a pitchfork, but he actually masquerades. He's dressed up like an angel of light. So he's dressed up like uh, someone that's going to say, well, this is, this is the, like the real spiritual thing. You know, if you're going to be humble, then you're going to be poor. If you've got money, you're not going to be humble. But Paul told Timothy um, in, uh, in the book of Timothy, charge them that are rich in this world that they be not high-minded. Well, Timothy was a pastor, so that means he's got people that are rich in his church, and the charge that he gives to those that are rich is don't be high-minded and don't trust in uncertain riches. And you think, I think of 2008, and if the bulk of people in America or in some places in the world would have been in church uh, and uh, excelled in that, not to trust in uncertain riches, well, I think people would have been a lot less devastated doesn't mean that your financial account wouldn't have been like, Phew, and you'd have been like, Ugh. but instead of just being overwhelmed at the moment, you can actually take that moment and say, okay, Lord, I'm not trusting. And then these, obviously they're uncertain because like a third of my retirement is gone, right? So obviously that is not certain. But uh, so he instructed them, trust not in uncertain riches, but in the giver of life, in God himself. So we know that um, God wants to bless us, and you know whether you have a lot of means or a, a little bit of means, um, you know it's really according to your ability. Is what Corinthians tells us. It's not according to my ability that you're supposed to give. It's according to your ability. So each one, because a lot of times what you'll find is people with a lot will give what to somebody with a little seems like a lot, but to that person it's like not very much, right? And then they want to kind of like, 
look at me, look at me. You know, like when you got the widow's mite and she gave of her living, like all that she had. And Jesus said, look at that. And he's saying, look, don't judge by what you see naturally because naturally you're saying, oh, this, this guy, he must be awesome in the church and he's just given so much because of the amount. But Jesus said, I'm not looking at, I'm not so concerned about the amount. I'm looking at the heart. And um, so uh, it's important our, our, our um, heart and what we're giving. But the devil wants to blind us and say, like, here's the deal. When we are born again, we're made new creatures in Christ Jesus. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. If um, the devil can't stop you from getting born again, then he's kind of like, oh, man, they're born again. Well, at least I can stop them from spreading and multiplying. Like, I don't want them to multiply. I don't want more people. I don't want to lose more people because the devil has just ill intent. And uh, even though he knows he has eternal damnation ahead of him, he wants to take as many people with him as he can, right? Uh, you know, so he, he wants to stop people from being born again. He wants to stop you really at every point. Once you're born again, then he wants to stop you from being blessed and from prospering. Why? Well, because, you know, how, how many of you have seen... Uh, just a really broken down car with all these Jesus bumper stickers and everything like that, and you think, that is not the best advertisement. <laughs> right? I think that, and then I think, you know, but I'm glad that they love the Lord, yeah. and I want to see them continue to increase and increase and increase. And if they'll get in line with the Word of God and act on the Word of God, they will increase and increase and increase and increase. Like I said, it's not overnight, but uh, they will increase, increase, increase. And, uh, you know, I didn't intend to, this to be so much about giving today, but one of the things is we will teach, like, because so many times people will teach from the Word of God or try to get it from the Word of God that, you know, God doesn't want to bless you and he wants you to be uh, poor uh, so that you can stay humble. Uh, we teach on the giving side. But your life is more than just the money that you give to the church. Your blessing has more to do with uh, than just money that you're sowing to a church or to a ministry. That represents, you know, you're working, most people work, and so you're working for money. Money's coming in. It represents part of your life, hours, time that you've invested, that you've given. But not only to be blessed, not only do you want to bring all the tithes so the devourer is rebuked, not only do you want to give so it's given unto you, multiplied back, uh, do men give into your bosom, into your area, and not only does God bless your storehouse, but we're to be diligent workers. So a lot of times you'll see people like they get a hold of part of a message and they're like, okay, I'm giving, 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 you know, but I shouldn't have to work. So the Lord's just going to bless me and take care of me. And they say, why is my faith not working? Well, you know, the reality is if you are diligent and you work as not toward a man, but as to the Lord and you tithe, and you're a giver, and you're putting your faith on that, you're going to rise above, and you're going to keep rising and rising and rising and rising. And you may have a vocation. If you're, if you're like working at a movie theater, and you're making minimum wage or a little above minimum wage, I don't know what they pay here, but if you're working at a lower income like that, you can rise to the top of that theater. But then you may need to pray about, okay, Lord, what would you have me go to next? What should I learn? How can I increase and increase and increase so that then you can go to the next position or you can start a business and you can increase, increase, increase. 
but it doesn't generally happen that you're working at the movie theater and you're making a million dollars a year working at the movie theater. So um, that's just a little, a little side note. So most of you know, and if you don't know, uh, we went to school at Raymond Bible Training Center in Tulsa, Oklahoma, or it's really Broken Arrow, but we call it Tulsa. So some people call it Tulsa Jerusalem because there were so many uh, ministries there, or Roberts University, <laughs> Rama, Oklahoma Christian. There's a, there's a lot of uh, good ministries there. So we went there. Uh, to make a long story short, I was in the military, stationed in Georgia, and I uh, got filled with the Holy Spirit and started sneaking off to a spirit-filled church. Uh, I was in a Southern Baptist church. It was a good Southern Baptist church. I was in a Southern Baptist church. And um, so I started sneaking off. Brother Hagen came, never heard of him, and never heard of Kenneth Copeland, anything of, you know, word of faith teaching, anything. And so to me, it was like, you know, what do they call it? Like Copenhagen? Like, is that like a snuff or whatever? I, no different to me than Copenhagen. I didn't dip snuff, so it was like just names to me. <laughs> so I always, for whatever reason, I don't know why you have certain bents, but I loved from the youngest age, talking to elderly people and older people and like, what experience in life did you have and learning from them. And some kids were afraid to go in the nursing home and I liked to go in the nursing home. I did not like the smell in the nursing home, but I liked to go in there and talk to people and learn from them. And so I saw this advertisement they had and I could tell from the picture that there was this much older minister coming and uh, it ended up being Kenneth E. Hagan. And so he came to the church uh, that I was sneaking off to and had a, held a two-week what he called a Holy Ghost meeting. And um, so the first night I'm there and um, he starts ministering and he talks to talk about John G. Lake. Now, I'm not exposed to any of this. I'm sneaking off to this church and I've seen a few healing lines and I've seen some people fall backwards. And I'm kind of like, what is that? I don't I don't quite understand that. And I had friends in my Southern Baptist church were like, that is of the devil. You know, that is of the devil. And so I, I didn't know, but I'm seeking the Lord. So <clears throat> when I got filled with the Holy Spirit. Uh, I was in the Southern Baptist Church. We were at a Bill Gaither, like Jubilate, end of the year celebration type of thing. And <clears throat> not actually there, but we were staying in a condo. So at like 1130 at night, my uh, friend's parents prayed for them to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So would you like to be filled with the Spirit? And um, I said, uh, well, I don't know. I just feel like I'm in church and I need to go to the altar. And as soon as I heard myself say those words, I said, oh, yes, I do want to. And I'm doing all this before I have time to think about it because I'm a thinker. And uh, so basically what I'm saying is I knew the move of God's spirit in drawing men to salvation. I could sense that. Like when you're born again, you have the Holy Spirit on the inside of you and you have a sense of what he's trying to do, what he's trying to accomplish. So I had seen that in the church and, you know, people born again, born again. So I had that same tug, that same pull. And I said, oh, okay. I don't know enough, you know, I don't know, because I was saying, Lord, is this a view? I don't know if I want to do this. They're going to ask me next. What do I do? And uh, so I just said, okay. So I got filled with the Spirit and then snuck off to this church. Brother Hagen comes to this church. And I remember um, <clears throat> just amazing things. Um, he actually got up and prophesied. And he started prophesying. And he said, this is a turning point in your life. And the decision that you make tonight will alter the entire course of your life if you do not make the right decision. You, and you have to decide, do you want to go forward with God or do you want to stay with your, where you're at? And if you stay where you're at, you're actually going to go backwards. So, again, I'm not really conscious of all this stuff going on. didn't know he was prophesying until later. And, um, I went back and got the videotape and stuff. 
And so he said, if you want to go forward with God, I want you to physically get out of your seat and come forward. So there's probably like 1,500 people there. And most people want to go forward with God. So most people got up. So the whole front is like just jammed with people. And I'm probably like 15 feet back in this big crowd of people. And he started talking about, John G. Lake said that the power of God in the supernatural world is like electricity in the natural world. It can be transmitted. It can be transferred. And so he said, you know, be blessed like that. And it's just a crowd of people. And only in a perfect straight line out from his hand, about 15 feet back, people just fell out like that. And then he said, be blessed like that. And from like a spiral out from his hand, people just fell out. And I thought, oh, Lord, is this of the devil? Like, what is going on? <laughs> I, I literally was, you know. And so I had brought um, money to give. And so they had an offering after that. There were other things that happened. His grandson got up and prayed for people's eyes to be healed. And he's like, you know, if, you have, if you're blind or anything, he's like, eyes be healed, eyes be healed. And I'm sitting there, mouth wide open, like, what are they doing? Like, this was like in the Bible. Like, this isn't for today, or is it? You know, because it was new to me. And so they're doing all this stuff. It came time to give, and so I gave $5 because I wasn't really sure if this was of God or not, and I'm not going to give to the work of the devil. <laughs> So I'm like, okay, well, I don't want to not give, but, you know, because I had learned that when I was up here before I moved down there. So I'm like, I don't want to not give, but I don't want to give to the work of the devil. So, see, I think too much. So I gave the $5, and I went home, and I said to the Lord, I said, you know, I don't know. Do you understand this? I wasn't so much talking. You know, the voice of the Lord, like the primary way that he talks to us, we're going to talk about this probably starting being in February in our How to Be Led by the Spirit of God series, but primary way that he speaks to you is through what's called the inward witness. That's the way he speaks to you primarily and me primarily. The inward witness, you know, if you saw an accident out here, uh, which incidentally the school tells me that there's a lot of accidents out here, so just plead the blood of Jesus and be careful. And, um, but if you and I saw an accident, uh, we were not in the accident, but we were witness to the accident. So I might say, hey, did you see, was that a red car or a black car? And you'd be like, oh, yeah, it was a black car. So like you're witnessing to me what you saw. So I said, is it a black car? And you're like, yeah, yeah, that's what it is. So the inward witness kind of um, will witness. And so it's not like a voice. And uh, there is the inward voice. that Again, we'll talk about that in that series. But anyhow, inward witness is primary way. So I'm going home to my apartment. And I didn't have a lot. And I'm in my apartment. And I'm kind of like getting ready to go to bed. And just like, I don't annoyed is not the right word, but I'm bothered by what I saw in the service and what happened and the $5 that I gave in the service <laughs> that might have been for the devil. And so I was kind of like, and I said, Lord, what is that? Like, is this of you or is this of the devil? Like, what is it? And the Lord, it's one of my favorite encounters with God that I've had because um, he was typical God, what I would say. Because it's like, you know how Jesus, they'd ask Jesus, like, you know, uh, you know, what about this woman? She was caught in the very act of adultery. Da, 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 da. You know, what should be done with her? And he doesn't answer really the question. So I asked the question in the way we want him to answer. Um, I asked the question to the Lord, and the Lord said, go back in the morning, and if you still have trouble with it, then I'll talk to you about it. I, I mean, that is as distinct today as it was in 1998 when he said it. And I'm just kind of like, okay. So I went back the next morning, and... Uh, Brother Hagen got up, and he started teaching on prayer. And I had never seen those scriptures on prayer. Some of them I had read, but I had never seen, if that makes any kind of sense to you. Like, 
You can see something, but you don't really see it. And that's what we're talking about, a spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him. When you have, start to have uh, revelation knowledge flowing, it's really the Holy Spirit brings that revelation knowledge. He takes the things of God, the things of Christ, the things of the word of God, and makes it real so that you're like, I have never, I have never seen that before. Incidentally, when I was baptized in the Holy Spirit, uh, a fire did not like fly over my head and I did not fall out. It was the most peaceful. I just started speaking real quietly in other tongues, right? And, um, but man, what I noticed was within a, a week or two, I don't remember if it was like the first time I read my Bible after that or not, but I would look at my Bible and, and I was brought up in a, a different denominational church than the, than the Baptist one in uh, Indiana. And uh, so I Bible quizzed, so I would memorize the scriptures, Romans, James, I quizzed on Ruthie, Romans, James, Acts. And uh, so I knew these scriptures, like by memory, a lot of them. So I would read some of those same scriptures. I've always loved Romans, so I was reading in Romans. And I looked, and I did a double take, and I read it, and I read it again. And I said, I, and that's the first I memorized. <laughs> and like, I have never in my life seen that, because the Holy Spirit now is showing me and revealing to me. And God is not a mind. God is a spirit. Uh, the Bible says in John chapter 4 that, Though they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Uh, and God seeks people to worship him that way. And uh, I was looking before just with my mind. And like you would read a history book or a great novel or something like that. And now I've got a greater one on the inside like opening up this to me and showing and revealing and remember Jesus said in John chapter 14, 15, and 16 about the Holy Spirit. When he's come, he'll guide you into all truth. He won't speak of himself, but whatever he hears, that's what he's going to speak. He'll show you things to come. He'll bring everything that I said to your mind, to your remembrance. Uh, so he'll show it to you. So he started uh, back to Augusta. I was in Augusta, Georgia. So he started uh, teaching on prayer. And then there was scripture after scripture, and, you know, a couple of them I had read before, but they were uh, full of life. They were new. And then a few of them, I'm like, I have never seen that scripture in the Word of God. Like, they don't teach this in my church. Like, what is this? And, um, and uh, like I said, I, my church was a pretty good church even. And uh, so then he started praying, and he prayed like someone that was talking to God. Like, not talking about God, not like preaching a sermon while he's praying, but he's like communicating with an unseen being. And it just kind of caught my attention like that. And so then really he had me ever since then because, because, thank God, he taught on the word of God the next morning because he used a few scriptures the night before. But again, uh, I had scriptures and what he's saying, I'm seeing in the scripture. And I'm seeing like, okay, wait a second. Uh, you know how, remember, they said about Jesus, never a man spoke like this before? Like, I've heard a lot of people talk about the Word of God. Uh, at that time, of course, it was just the Old Testament. But nobody ever spoke about it like this. And that's kind of how it was for me. He, he's not Jesus. I'm not saying he's Jesus. We're all Christ in the earth. We're part, all part of the body of Christ. But what I'm saying, up till that point in my life, I'd never met somebody that it was so real that they were living it that way. And, uh, you know, I'm trying to be careful because... I'm not saying that people I had met before, including my own family, didn't uh, believe and live on and get people born again, but it just had a tangibleness to it that I had never experienced before. And that tangibleness really comes from the Spirit of God. 
because he's a spirit. And when we tap into spiritual things, he's going to show us spiritual things. He's going to reveal spiritual things to us. So um, Brother Hagen, he has a, a, a book called uh, Believer's Authority. And in there, you, you'll find the first part of it. He talks about reading the book of Ephesians and then the Ephesians prayers. And he had been in ministry for, uh, I didn't look it up before this, but I think it was like 13 or 15 years, um, probably about 12 actually. And he started praying these Ephesians prayers. And so he'd pray these prayers every day for six months. And he prayed them. And um, he said, after six months of doing that, all of a sudden, light and revelation came. And he said so much light and revelation that he asked his wife, you know, he was, he was born in 1918, so his language is a little different than ours. He said, I, he said, I said to my wife, I said, honey, I said, it's no wonder the deacons didn't come in, tell me to come in and get out of the rain. Meaning like, he felt like I knew nothing before. He said, I was looking at the same type of thing. I was looking at these passages and looking at these different things, and I thought, what in the world was I preaching? What was I saying? And if, to know Kenneth Hagin, uh, he, we talked about being diligent in your job. He was one of the most diligent people you would ever meet. And he was very uh, uh, studied. And he said, you know, I, I had studied and I had studied hard because if I don't know something, I'm going to find it out. So he'd be up. I mean, his kids have memories of uh, them going to bed while he's sitting in his study, which was in the living room because they didn't have a big place. And they would wake up the next morning and he's still sitting at his desk studying, meditating, praying, and learning. And so he said, with all of that study, man, I felt like I didn't know anything. I started to see, because you start to see the way God sees, and you start to get words from God and understanding from God. And so this being the beginning of the year, uh, I like to pray these prayers all the time. But in praying for the church and praying for you guys, uh, you know, it just came up in my heart that... I wanted to do at least one message on the Ephesians prayer, specifically the one in Ephesians chapter 1, because I don't want this year to be just like last year for you or for me. Uh, I want us to uh, have more understanding and more revelation and more wisdom because we want to be able to deal wisely in the affairs of life. Everything that concerns us, your job, your relationships, and of course, spreading the gospel and being a minister for the Lord. Uh, each one of us is called uh, to be a minister. When you, you understand, like when you're born again, God himself makes you a new creature. He gives you his Holy Spirit. And then you can, there's an experience after salvation called being baptized or filled with the Holy Spirit where the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And, uh, you know, the best way I've heard it described is really you can like take a glass of water, I could take this bottle of water, and I could drink that bottle of water, and I have water but I could keep drinking and drinking and drinking until I'm full. And that's like being filled with the Spirit, being baptized with the Holy Spirit. So you're actually recreated in Christ. You, you receive the Holy Spirit when you're born again, but there is another experience where you actually experience more of Him and um, called the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So let's read Ephesians chapter uh, 1, verse 16 through 23. And um, let's see, 1, 2, 3, 4. Because there's more women here, that's not really why, but I'll read in the Amplified. I don't know. Who, do you think you talk more or I talk more? It might be me. Yeah. If I'm on caffeine, my goodness, you better look out. Okay, verse 16. 
This is Paul praying a prayer. And Paul inspired by the Spirit of God to pray this prayer for this church, the church at Ephesus. I do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. For I always pray to the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, that he may grant you a spirit of wisdom and revelation, of insight into mysteries and secrets, in the deep and intimate knowledge of him, by having the eyes of your heart flooded with light, so that you can know and understand the hope to which he has called you, and how rich is his glorious inheritance in the saints, his set-apart ones, and so that you can know and understand what is the immeasurable and unlimited and surpassing greatness of his power in and for us who believe, as demonstrated in the working of his mighty strength, which he exerted in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places." Far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and every name that's named, not only, uh, excuse me, above every title that can be conferred, not only in this age and in this world, but also in the age and the world which are to come. That is, that's awesome. And he has put all things under his feet and has appointed him the universal and supreme head of the church, a, head, a headship exercised throughout the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. For in that body lives the full measure of him who makes everything complete and who fills everything everywhere with himself. Praise God. That is awesome. Uh, you know, before I go up to where I was going to go, I love that, which is his body, the fullness of him that fills all in all. For in that body, in that body, the body of Christ, of which if you're born again, you're a part of that body, uh, lives the full measure of him who makes everything complete and who fills everything everywhere with himself. So really, we need a spirit of wisdom and revelation to function in the body the way he wants us to function so that his body as a whole unit can do what he wants it to do, uh, can be a glorious church without spot or wrinkle or any such thing. So Paul said, I'm doing this all the time. This is something that I constantly do. Uh, I don't stop thanking God for you, making mention of you when I'm praying in my prayers. For I always pray to the, uh, to the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, that he may grant you a spirit of wisdom and revelation of insight into mysteries and secrets in the deep and intimate knowledge of him. I want to talk for a second about the deep and intimate knowledge of God. So you can know somebody on the surface, or you can know something on the surface. And a way that you can know God on the surface is just really to listen to a good message or um, read a good book uh, based on the Word of God and just kind of skim over and pass over and say, oh, that's great, that's wonderful, yeah, awesome, and not dig deep into the things of God. But uh, the thing of the Word of God is it has the life of God. And so with the life of God, you can... Uh, receive understanding and revelation upon understanding and revelation, understanding and revelation again and again and again and again and again on the same scripture that you've read a thousand times. And you look at it, oh, there's something I didn't see there. Oh, there's something else I didn't see there. Look at that. And so we want to allow the Spirit of God to point things out to us. The way we do that is a spirit of wisdom and revelation. Uh, in talking about the deep and intimate knowledge of God, uh, you know... One of the things that I confess, there's a woman called Grace Ryerson Roost. She has a little book on the blood, and she has some confessions in that book. One of the confessions that I like to 
uh, have adopted and I like to say is that the blood of Jesus prevents deception and aborts every attempt, aborts every attempt of the enemy to deceive me. You know, yeah. again, I'm a thinker, right? So uh, the problem with being deceived is you're deceived, so you don't know that you're deceived. <laughs> So I don't like to not know that I don't know uh, or not see things clearly um, like they should be, especially about my own life. So we really need a spirit of wisdom and revelation even about ourselves because you're going to look at the Word of God, especially things that you've already heard and say, I know that, I've got that. Can we go on to something else? Can I learn about something else? But really, the reality is we don't know the way we should know. And we're to grow spiritually just like you grow naturally and learn and um, be more acquainted with God next week than what you are this week and next year than what you are this year and have a, a closer and more intimate relationship. So this spirit of wisdom and revelation will draw us close. So it's kind of like you can go into the presence of someone that's maybe an authority and you're in the same room with them. Well, and you can watch them talking to somebody else and talking to this person, that person, going here and going there. But if they say, hey, hey, come over here. Come with me. Let's walk for a second. I want to talk with you. Well, you're kind of closer. And, you know, then maybe they'll take you, well, let's go outside. Let's talk privately. And so you kind of get closer and closer. And this is with God himself. So he knows something about you. He knows you better than what you know you. Uh, he formed you. He knows what you're going through. He knows what you're thinking. He knows. Uh, one of the, my favorite things about God is I have never had the Holy Spirit speak to me and I felt like condemned. He knows the right way to say what needs to be said. So sometimes, uh, probably not a lot, but sometimes when I have something I really want to you know, you live with people, you see things, so maybe I've got something in my wife, and I'm like, dear Lord, like, <laughs> it would be helpful. I'm sure she's, like, could, like, abundantly say back to me the same thing. But, uh, and I can't figure out how am I going to say this, right? If it's something, like, sensitive or, you know, like, whatever, then if you don't say it in just the right way, then it's like, oh, what are you trying to say, you know? And you know how it is. <laughs> and so I'll ask the Lord. I'll say, Lord, speak to her. Speak to her about this. And I'm not going around trying to correct my wife all the time. I'm just saying a few times when I have, you know, been like, oh, I really feel like, you know, I want to I talk about this. Or even if it's something, sometimes something about yourself if you're married, and then you want to talk to the other person about it or a friend about it, and uh, they think you're talking about them and you're really talking about you, and you're like, no, 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 that's not what you're, well, why would you, you know, and then you, the whole thing just goes crazy. So the Holy Spirit, though, when he speaks to you, do you ever notice, like, it's always inviting and it's always loving. Like, you don't have to, like, question, like, what are your motives? Are you trying to, like, put me down so you look better? Are you, like, you know, what are you doing? Um, the Holy Spirit, when you're not born again, the Bible says that the Holy Spirit convicts the world of sin because they believe not on Christ. Convicts. Doesn't condemn, but convicts. There's a huge difference between condemnation and conviction. And then once you're born again, really that... that uh, uneasiness, uncomfortableness that we have on the inside, like, ugh, something's wrong. That's our own spirit kind of being like, uh, you can't live like this. You know, the love of God actually is constraining you. And that's, that's your own spirit, you know, and 1 John 1, 9 takes care of that. And um, so the Holy Spirit, when he speaks, he's going to 
draw us in the right way. And so these things that maybe we don't even know about ourselves that we need to grow in that we can't see because really you're pretty much blind to your own faults uh, in, in a lot of cases, um, he will show you them in a way that you can receive what he's saying and change and grow. And so to get deep and intimate with the Lord and in the knowledge of him, I mean, uh, the Lord knows the perfect thing to say, the perfect way to say it, the perfect time to say it, and exactly what you'll receive. And he'll bless all of us as much as we will let him. Right? The reason we're not more blessed is not because of him. It's really on our side. Like, we're kind of holding back on some things. We're like, you know... um, same thing if you had a, a relationship issue with someone. You know, it's not comfortable, but you want to, like, get that area of conflict talked about so that you can move on. So if you don't have that with the Lord, you're, like, not talking about it. And, you know, kind of like maybe you had a relative that's close to you pass away or anything like that, and it just kind of bothers you. But you don't even talk to the Lord about it. Well, bring those things to the Lord because he is going to love you through it. Like, love you into strength in that situation and love you into help in that situation. So uh, we want to have deep and intimate knowledge of him into the mysteries and secrets. And not only does he start to show us ourselves, but we start to see Christ. So I may have to do this one for two weeks here. But when you look down at verse 19, and so that we can know and understand what is the immeasurable and unlimited and surpassing greatness of his power. I mean, listen to Paul. He's like seeing this, and he's like, this is like, this is unlimited. Wait, wait, wait. This is surpassing. This is like great power in and for us. In fact, this is the power that he's demonstrated that he brought into the earth realm, into the natural realm, when he raised Christ from the dead. The same power, that power that he exerted himself in. And he, Paul, is praying for the church at Ephesus, and we can can and should pray these prayers for ourselves and for our church, um, that we would begin to see and understand, have light, flooded with light of that knowledge and that understanding. Why? What happens? Then you can take, you know, uh, for the, you've got the bike that I talked about in the giving where you've got a single-speed bike and a 21-speed bike. You've never ridden a multi-speed bike. Then you can take that multi-speed bike and go to gear after gear after gear after gear because the power that raised Christ from the dead, that's the only time actually the Bible talks about God exerting himself. And even that exertion, uh, one part of the Bible, and I don't recall it right now, talks about that was... The amount of power like God moving his finger. (laughs) That mighty power that raised Christ from the dead. And so these events, those events are timeless. Uh, Christ was as a lamb slain from the foundation of the earth. That's outside of time. God is outside of time. And so that happened. But that event can be visited at any point because it's outside of time with the spirit of wisdom and revelation. And you start to see with the spirit of wisdom and revelation flowing, look what God did in Christ. And that same power now, that's churning, that's working, that's inside of me. So if you look at the epistles especially, Paul's praying um, in other prayers, like Ephesians, uh, Ephesians chapter 6, that boldness would be given unto me. So as soon as you start to see and know, 
spirit of seeing and knowing flowing. You start to see and know what God has done in Christ. And what he's done in Christ, he's done for you. And now it's done in you. Then you start to say, whoa, I need to act on this. I need to tell someone about this. I need to do something about this. And so um, it will change your life. And not only your life, it'll change lives of any believers that you're going to pray that prayer for. If you have people that are not born again, you need to pray that the Lord will send laborers into their harvest field. And you need to sow the word into them and love, hugely love. But when somebody's born again, say they don't understand healing. Say they don't understand prosperity. Say they don't understand that they don't have to be depressed every day. Their rights and privileges in Christ. Well, the best prayer to pray for someone is the Ephesians prayers a spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ, that what God did in Christ and in raising him from the dead, that same power is in them, in you, available to them, available to you in your situation and in their situation. And Brother Hagin, I know he saw his uncle, who had always been like such a, like a rough guy, and he saw him walking down the street, and um, he was impressed to pray this for him. And he started praying for him. He also prayed it for his brother. And he prayed it for 10 days. <laughs> After 10 days, I came to him and said, I am seeing so much in the word of God that I have never seen in my life. My, my life has changed. And so they took that revelation and then it affected their life. Because when you see something, revelation is so real to you, it's tangible, it's touchable. And so then all of a sudden you're like, well, well that's the way it is. Well, what happens with that? then you start, you just live by it. You walk by it. Romans 10, 17 says, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And um, actually in the Greek, it says the rhema of Christos. And Christos is the anointed one, his anointing. So it act, faith comes by hearing and hearing by rhema is simply the word of God made alive and real to you and spoken. So uh, faith comes by hearing and hearing, the type of hearing is this rhema hearing, this hearing that, well, this is real. This is there. And then once it's real to you, it's not really a problem to act on it because it's real. You're like, I, I can't explain it. Like with giving, we talked about giving. I can't explain it, but I know when I sow this seed that it is going out and it is multiplying. And I know that God is using it in my natural eye. I see somebody with a basket or a bucket coming by and taking this, but with the eye of the Spirit, I see and one of my favorite scriptures, especially with tithing, is in Hebrews where it says, here men receive tithes, but there it witnesses that he lives. He, Jesus Christ, lives. So when I tithe, I love to give that. That tithe is going out, whether in the basket or through electronic account, that tithe is going out. And then I see Jesus Christ, it's up in heaven, and it's declaring before the angels of heaven, before God himself, before Jesus Christ, before the demons of hell, and before me and anybody else that knows that Jesus is alive. So it's active and it's living. So then when I give my tithe, I'm kind of like, this is exciting. Because I'm speaking without even opening my mouth. I'm declaring because I'm taking, this is something that is supposed to like, I'm thinking sustain me and help me. And I'm saying, no, I'm believing what God said more than what my mind says or what natural accounting says. That the blessing of God on my finances is worth way more than 10%. And that really everything that I've been given, God has given to me. And, you know, we talked in the, in the offering period there about 2008. Well, you know, like, your giving will actually outperform your savings. You should save. Don't misunderstand me. The Bible teaches that. 
Uh, you need to have a storehouse. You need to have savings. You need to plan on retirement. But uh, don't neglect the giving because God will actually take that and multiply it. And, um, you know, you a lot of times get a better return on your investing, in, or excuse me, your sowing type of investing than your natural type of investing. But I do both, and the blessing of God is on both. So I want to pray this prayer together, um, and then we'll close out the service. So let's pray in... Um, Uh, let's pray in the King James Version. Will that work for everybody? Amplified, I don't know, Amplified. Does that work? I can go to New King James. Okay. I didn't do a Bible survey. Okay, we're going to start with verse 16. Um, let's do three, two, one. And we're going to put ourselves, uh, let me stop for a second. We're going to put ourselves in there. So every time it says, I um, pray, uh, see verse 17, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you a spirit of wisdom and revelation. I want you to say, uh, I pray that you would give unto me a spirit of wisdom and revelation. Okay? Um, we'll start with verse 17. Three, two, one. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, would give unto me a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, the eyes of my understanding being enlightened, that I may know what is the hope of your calling and what are the riches of the glory of your inheritance in the saints and what is the exceeding greatness of your power toward me who believes according to the working of his mighty power which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name this name not only in this world but also in that which is to come. And has put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him that fills all in all. Heavenly Father, we're praying this prayer. We prayed this prayer, the same prayer that Paul prayed, that you inspired Paul to pray. Father, we pray this prayer for ourselves. Father, that you would give us that spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you, in the knowledge of Christ, in the knowledge of what you did in Christ, in the power that raised Christ from the dead, Father, that we could have a spirit of wisdom and revelation flowing in our lives, Father. Father, I pray that for our church. I pray that for our families. Father, I thank you that we're not limited to our natural mind, Father, but that you reveal secrets and mysteries to us, I thank you for a spirit of wisdom and revelation flowing in each and every life of each and every person that's listening right now, Father. A spirit of wisdom and revelation in our church, in our churches. Father God, we thank you for it in Jesus' name. With every head bowed and every eye closed, if you're here this morning or you're listening, I want to invite you to know the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, Jesus Christ is alive, and he's alive today. He was, he was crucified on a cross. He died, was buried, but he rose again on the third day uh, with the power of God and with the life of God. He was the firstborn of a new type of, of people, a new generation, the Bible tells us. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus Christ, you can know about him, uh, you can know uh, things about the Bible, you can be the member of a church, uh, but you really have to know Jesus Christ. Um, the Bible says, as many as received him, to them he gave the right to be the children of God, to become the children of God. And uh, in Romans, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. 
if you're here this morning and you don't know Jesus Christ, you don't have a personal relationship with him, uh, I'd love to pray with you and for you and see you uh, born again and living for the Lord. Just slip up your hand or come down here, or if you're listening online, just email us at info at anchordc.org, and we'd love to pray with you and for you. Well, Heavenly Father, we thank you uh, for another opportunity to learn from your word. Father, we pray that as we go today and this week, that you will uh, prompt us to pray this prayer every day, Father, that we can flow and have understanding and revelation flowing in our lives, Father, that we won't just live a passive life, but we'll live a life infused with your spirit and infused with understanding and revelation, Father, that we'll allow you to lead us, to guide us, to prompt us, to nudge us each and every day, Father, that we will live your very best and that we'll talk to people that you want us to talk to, say what you want us to say, go where you want us to go and do what you want us to do. Father, I thank you that we are your sheep and we know your voice and the voice of a stranger we don't follow. We thank you for the blood of Jesus. We plead the blood of Jesus over every situation concerning us this week, this month, and this year. We declare that it's not by our own works or our own thinking that we obtain your promises, Father, but it's by the blood of Jesus and because of the blood of Jesus. So, Father, we declare that we have your best and that we live your very best life. We're right in the middle and in the center of your will, and we follow your voice. We follow your spirit wherever he leads and wherever he guides. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, thank you for coming this morning. Have a great week, and I really encourage you to take some time. It won't take very long, and at least pray the Ephesians 1 prayer uh, every day uh, out of your heart, and you'll find a uh, spirit of wisdom and revelation uh, in greater measure and greater ways than what you have seen even in your life up to this point. Amen? Have a great day.